Acts, Acts chapter number 13 tonight. Acts chapter number 13. <coughs> the book of Acts, in chapter number 13, verse 1. Let's um let's stand in reverence to reading of the word of God, please, and we'll we'll preach from this text. I will be quick tonight, unless the Lord gives me something else. Um, we'll be very quick. Quick. So, um, Acts chapter number thirteen, verse one. The Bible says, "Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon." So we notice those words, prophet and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger. And Lucius of Cyrene and Maining, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. When they had fasted and prayed and laid their, hand, laid hand, their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at um, Salmas, Salmas, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. Thank you for standing. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to please help tonight. Pray, God, that everything that would be said and done would bring honor and glory to you and you alone. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. This will be our second message in the series entitled Missions, the Beat of God's Heart. And um, I have long wanted to preach a series on missions. I have. Um, it's just my heart. It's just what I like. I love missions. I read a lot of mission books. I don't always retain a lot of the stories as I wish I should, wish I could. But I do read a lot of mission books. And, and uh, I'd like to read a few quotes to you tonight before... Begin. I, I'm a very big quotes man. I have a whole list of quotes on my, in my phone and, and at the house and, and just different things like that. But J. Oswald Smith, he was an old time man, uh, a man of God. And, and this is what he said. He said, any church not involved in the Great Commission has forfeited its biblical right to exist. Any church that is not involved in the Great Commission, has, infor has forfeited their right to exist. And that is the truth according to Scripture because we know that the only reason the church is here is for the ministering of the saints and for missions. That's the two reasons the church is here for. I'm thankful that the Lord put the church here for missions. Amen. And, and, and I'm thankful that this church is involved in missions. I'm thankful that we are. Isabel Miller Cunn was a missionary to China and Thailand in the early 1900s, or early to mid-1900s. I think she died in 1951. And she said in one of her books, she said, I believe that in each generation God has called enough men and women to evangelize all of the unreached tribes of the earth. It's not God who it's not God who does not call, it is man who does not respond. 
And I believe that is 100% true. It's not God who does not call people to the field of missions, but it, rather it's people who do not respond to the call that God has placed on their lives. Uh, and you know as well as I do today that the larger body of uh, uh, the larger body of Christians today are content uh, in their walk. They are content uh, just going day by day and week by week and month by month in the midst of all the crowds uh, of those staying and sitting back. Uh, um, there are, but uh, th- that's where they like to be. But but I would say in the midst of those crowds. There are a few heroes of faith who who have accepted the call of God to go. And that's God's will. That's God's will. We need some people that will go, amen. Uh, But they leave the comfort of the home. They leave the uh, companionship of their friends. And they leave the ease of the American lifestyle. And they go to the uttermost parts of the earth. uh, And they preach the gospel. Amen for that. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that. They serve God where He would have them to go. And in reality, the New Testament church, call, the New Testament calls missionaries evangelists. You notice in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11, it says, And He gave some apostles and some um, prophets and some evangelists and, and some teachers and, and pastors and teachers. Uh, that's what he gave. That's the five things that God called. God did not call singers. Amen. God did not call singers to go travel around and sing and make all kinds of money to all kinds of crowds and just sing and miss their home church every single week. That's not what God did. That's out of God's will, actually. Because if you don't have a local church, then you don't know God. And so, 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 so we, we have those five things. You've got the prophets and you have the apostles and you have the evangelists and you have the pastors and you have the teachers in which God calls. Uh, and the word evangelist literally means a messenger of the gospel. That's what it means. It means a messenger of the gospel. And I believe wholeheartedly that it is God's desire for these missionaries to go and preach the gospel to plant local churches, to produce preachers, to prepare those preachers, and to pass that church on to those preachers. I believe that is God's design and God's will, and you can see it through the life of Paul and how he lived it out as he went into places, planted the churches in those places, rose up men like Timothy and Titus, and gave them those churches and moved on and planted more. That's God's will of how He did things. I can only imagine it's not as easy as I just stated it to be, though. I can imagine that it's not easier for Brother Ballinger to go to Beckway and plant the churches uh, or the church that he has. I'm sure that it's not. I'm sure that it's not easy uh, for Brother Knowles to go to uh, Uganda and plant those churches. I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure it's not easier um, for Brother Ruckman to go to Africa and plant the churches, or Brother Shoemaker to go to Africa and plant all of the many churches that he has planted there. I'm sure it wasn't an easy route to go, but it can be done if you follow the Lord and if you follow the Bible. You know, I know many men of God that are doing just this. Every Christian is not a missionary and I understand that. By the way, every Christian is not a preacher. 
every Christian is not a pastor. We do need church members. We do. You notice in verse 1 that there was a church that was at Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, and Manane, and Saul. Butchered some of those names, I understand that. There was five of them, right? We agree on that. How many went? No, two. Two. Two of them went. Three of them stayed at the church. And you see, so, so not all are called to go. Some are called to stay. If they are what they say they are and they're prophets and teachers, the, the, the church needs teachers. The church needs prophets. Now we understand the time frame here too. Okay, But, but all I'm saying here is I, every Christian is not a missionary, but all are commissioned to do something for the Lord. What is the biblical plan for one who has been called? What is the big biblical plan from that? I believe these verses show clearly this evening that it takes a special power. It takes a special power, and that's what I'm going to preach on tonight. And last week we preached on the principle of missions, and this week we're going to preach on the power of missions. The power of missions. How should it go? Number one, I believe we see in our text in verse 1 and verse 2, there must be God called. They must be God called. A missionary must be called by God. There's nothing else in between that we can take from it or give to it. They must be called by God. Now they were in the church. We read that verse a few times. I don't want to butcher those names again. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. I couldn't answer this question, and I may answer this get an answer to this question here later on. But I couldn't answer the question of why, why, why Paul is called Saul here. I don't really understand that. Because we understand that here prior to this, there was a... He has already been, his name's already been changed. But, but nonetheless, he is Saul here. And they are separated and they are called by the Holy Ghost to go. So, so it, it will never work if he be or she be called of their own desire. Notice a few things we see in our text. What is a call? What is a call? I believe the Lord knows what He's doing and knows who He's talking to. I believe God knows exactly what He's doing. And and so I believe these calls are special to say the least. I believe the call of God on my life was special when God called me. And it's still special. But but, but I believe they're special. But also I have another few things to say. I believe the call of God is personal. I believe it's personal. And now, notice only Paul and Barnabas were called uh, to go. It says, separate me, Paul, Saul, Barnabas, and Saul. It says, separate "Separate me, them. It was not extended to every member. More stayed. It was very personal. It was individual. Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul. 
separate me, Barnabas and Saul. It's a, it's a personal call, wouldn't you say? I believe not only the call of God a personal call, but I believe uh, the call of God is a particular call. Now he said, notice, notice what he said. Um, As they ministered um, to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work. So it's a particular, now, Paul and Barnabas were, were set apart for the work. They were set apart for the work. God had a particular a task for these men that he wanted them to do. Now, now they were called to leave their normal lives and they were called to go for God and to preach the gospel. It's a particular call. It's a personal call. I believe thirdly, not only is that, but I believe this call, the, the call of God is a peculiar call. And, and we understand, the, it says, and, and, and the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit did the calling. It is the Holy Spirit's job to call qualified men and women um, to the work of world missions. It is, God, it is God's job to do that. Now we understand that it takes a very, very strong woman. And it takes a very, very... Um, it takes a woman that is okay to be where she is supposed to be to go to the mission field. What I'm saying is she can't go plant a church and begin to preach in that church. We understand that. If she's going to go present the gospel, wonderful. But she's going to have to get a way that God honors for her to be able to present the gospel. We see that a lot of them do teachers, a lot of them do orphanages. And orphanage is okay. It's okay, that's wonderful. So it's a personal call. It's a particular call. God, God knows what He's doing. And it is 100% a peculiar call. The Holy Spirit does the calling. Isn't that a blessing? So, so who, what, what is a call? What is a call? That's what a call is. Who, who is called? I believe our text clearly identifies those who the Lord calls. That's a little bit more specific than I'm going to go. But. I want you to notice a few things that it says here. It says, Which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, and they ministered to the Lord. As they ministered to the Lord. You know who he calls? He calls the serving ones. He calls the serving ones. Paul and Barnabas are identified as servants. They are ministering to the Lord. They are there for service is what they're there for. They were busy preaching and teaching and ministering in the church as servants. I've been told before, I believe God has told me to do this and that and do this and that to be a witness to Him. That's great, but it's not a calling. We understand that. It's not a calling. It's not a calling. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying to not say what I want to say right now. But it's not a calling. But I'm just telling you that 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 God knows what He's doing. God is calling servants. He's not calling spectators. 
And that's not what he's doing. He's not calling those uh, who will not do anything for their local church or for their pastor. Uh, God is not calling those to do the service uh, out of a season. You know why? Because God calls workers to work. Amen. He calls workers to work. And if you won't do it here, you ain't going to do it anywhere else. Amen. If you won't do it here, if you, if you won't go door knocking here, you're not going to do it overseas. Amen. If you won't do it, pay tithes here, you're not going to pay tithes to your local church when you're overseas. If you're not supporting missions now, then what makes you think God is going to want you to go to missions? If you can't do your part now, then you surely won't do your part there. You say, well, preacher, that's the only thing I'll have left to do there. No, that's not right. It's not right because if you won't do it here, you'll never do it there. You'll never do it there. That's why we have missionaries out there today. And it's very few and far between, but I believe it's more than you think. But that's why we have missionaries today. One just happened in Macedonia. Not bad mouth in Macedonia. We love Macedonia Baptist missions around here. But what just happened out of Macedonia about this mission? So a good missions, a good one to mission school, and a good missions program, and a good missions, Lord help me, I'm trying to remember this word, board. You know what happened? There he was. Wife back at home, ran around on his wife. Come off the field. All I'm telling you is that if you if you need something to do, you'll find something to do on the field. But if you won't do what God says to do at the church, you won't do it in the field. You won't do it in the field. God calls serving ones. That's what God calls. We read on a little farther. It says they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And fasted. God calls spiritual ones. They, they are putting themselves second when it comes to the worship to the Lord. Now we understand what, do we understand what fasting is? Okay, fasting, we understand fasting. I'm not even going to go over it much. But the fact is, is that fasting is yielding yourself to the Lord. It's trusting Him, denying what we would typically do. And yielding yourself to Him. If God can trust you doing that, then God can trust you yielding a whole flock to you. Amen. God calls spiritual ones. Then we used to read a little farther. The Holy Ghost said. Well, said to who? Separate me. Barnabas salt for the work. So, so the fact is, is that God's calling sensitive ones. They have their ear to heaven. They were listening. They were listening for what God would have them to do. They were listening for it and they wanted to know the will of God. And once they knew the will of God, they were willing to do the will of God. Once they knew the will, they were willing, they were willing to do the will. Now, 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 when you read the word of God, I, I want to give you some advice. Have your ears open to the things that it will say to you. And it's the only book that keeps speaking. It's alive. 
You can read any other book out there, and I promise you, I promise you it won't compare to the King James Bible. You read any other book out there, and it will never come alive like the King James Bible. I've preached out of the same passage many times. Why? Because it's alive, and it's real, and you can preach it every word, verse by verse, precept upon precept, line upon line, and not one, not one jot nor tittle. It'd ever go wrong out of this book. Thank the Lord. The Lord calls sensitive ones. Now you hear, 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 hear what the Lord has to say to you. How many times did the Lord say that to the churches in Revelation? He said, hear. Every, you know how many times he said it? He said it seven times. You know how many, seven church, how many churches there were? Seven. I told you that. There were seven of them. And, and God says, uh, uh, hear what the Spirit had to say unto the churches. Hear what the Spirit had to say unto the churches. Uh, so, so who is called? Serving ones. Sensitive ones. Spiritual ones. Thank God. That's who God calls, friend. How is one prepared to hear the call? How can you do that? How, how, how can one hear the call? Well, I cannot personally. I've, I, almost, I almost called some missionaries up today and asked them to explain to me their call. I started to. But then I realized that I've been called too, and so I don't have to call them. But I will t- tell you this. I can't much explain it. I can't give you good advice to tell you that God is calling you. But I will tell you how you can hear Him. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you're looking for the will of God, I promise you, you'll find it. Amen. If you're looking for it, I promise you, you can find it. Make sure there are no personal plans. I mean, make sure there's no preferences. If God's calling you to the flatlands of Zimbabwe, make sure you're not wanting to go to Africa. Is Africa is Zimbabwe in Africa? Somebody help me there. All right, all right, hang tight. Let me back up just a second. If, make sure you're not wanting to go to England. All right. I, I thought that. I think the Holy Spirit smoked me there. I was like, oh, Lord, help. Just think about it. Make sure you're not wanting to go somewhere else. What I'm trying to say, don't go just because you want to go somewhere. Go where God says to go. Like I've said many times, every time a missionary's come through, I've wanted to go where they're going. I wanted to go to Scotland when I was in Scotland. And I've got videos and and pictures that I see frequently uh, and videos of me videoing things and telling the story on the other side and me just weeping, thinking about there's that many people. There's 94,000 people in Sterling, Scotland and there's not one preacher. You tell me what's wrong. There's 153,000 people in Dundee, Scotland and there is only one preacher. There's 43,000 people in Glenrotha, Scotland, and there's only one preacher. 
who wouldn't want to go there if there's a preacher, if they're a preacher? Or just a person that wants to share the gospel. It's open. The fields are wide to harvest. The laborers are very few. Who wouldn't want to go? Of course I wanted to go. But God didn't want me to go. And so all I'm saying is that you can't just choose where you want to go. It's not a choice of yours. But it's a choice of His. A mind that is made up already. One preacher said a mind that is made up will not follow God. That's true. That's true, friend. Do not set limitations on God. Of what you will do or what you won't do. Be willing to go and be used anywhere. I mean, uh, that's a stopper for a lot of people. Listen, God will never misuse you. You know that? The way you make yourself ready to hear the call and to go is to give up everything else you have and go. Our love is not like God's love. Our ways are not like God's ways. They're not. Would you call it love in Mark chapter number 10? Would you? Would you call it love in Mark chapter number 10 when Jesus is preaching to the rich young ruler? He says he loves him. Would you call that love? No. He says sell everything you have. That's God's love. All I'm telling you tonight is that there is a way that we must realize that our will, our wants are not always His will. It's not. I'm just telling you. All the disciples left what they had when Jesus called them and said, rose up and follow them. Matthew 5 I don't know if it's Matthew 5. Somewhere in the Bible, it tells us where where Matthew followed him. It's in one of the Gospels in chapter number 5. Let me just say that. Maybe Luke. They follow him. I know this is simple tonight. But my point is, is that too many pick and choose what they do. And when you're completely surrendered to the call and the calls of God, no job will be refused when God goes, when God calls. Don't allow things to get in your way like sin to dim the spiritual ear that you have and, and dim your sight. And how would sin do all of that? It, would, it could take our attention from God's will and God's purposes. Begin each day determined to walk in the Spirit. I know it's hard. I seem like I trip over the same trump stump every day. But the Spirit of God must direct you, friends. Most Christians will say that they're already walking in the Spirit. That shows you're not. Man, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to be better. Just joyfully obey the little things that God has told you to do, and He'll make you rule over many. I understand that scripture and I understand this kingdom. But I'm just telling you. If God can trust you with little things, I promise you can trust you with bigger things. Make sure that's it.
that you develop a habit of waiting on the Lord and wanting what the Lord has for you. Study a Bible. Hear the Bible. Listen to the Bible. Meditate on the Bible and pray to make your needs known. Listen to hear God's answer. God can call anybody, don't you think? They must be God called. I know that's the first one. I said I wouldn't be preaching long. We're 27 minutes in. But these last ones won't take long. Number two, I want you to notice. I didn't have many notes. That's why I say I won't be preaching long. Number two, I want you to notice that they not only must they be God called, but they must be church commissioned. Verse 3, the Bible says, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. If the Holy Spirit has called a man, why does he direct the church? Why does the Holy Spirit direct the church to formally set him apart for a missionary service? If the Holy Spirit called him, why does the church need to do that? Well, number one, by principle. By principle, the church is the body of Christ, right? There's two ways that God deals with things. Precept and principle. Precept, principle. Precept is thou shalt not, period. Principle is just not saying thou shalt not, but giving you a principle for it. You know, yeah, a foundation. There you go, that's a good word. I mean, we can look at things in the Bible and see if your body's a temple. That's, a, that's, that's the principle. That covers a lot of things. And so, so we, must, we must understand that precept is thou shalt not kill. That's straight to the point. I don't need to worry about what that's talking about. You know what it's talking about? Killing. And so God lays out this principle. The church is the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. It's the instrument through which God has chosen to accomplish His present work in this world. Does it say that in the Bible? No, it's a principle. God laid it out very clearly in His Word. If God used uh, some other method than the one He ordained, then He would not be true to Himself nor His own plan. God laid it out. It's by principle. Secondly, not only is it by principle, but it's by position. Now we understand when the church commissions the missionary, she or uh, the church is assuming uh, her, her position under the authority of Christ. As one responsible for world evangelism. By sending a missionary, she, being the bride of Christ, the church, is laying down and putting herself under the authority of Christ. It's her position to be there. Wouldn't you say? Amen? It's her position. By position, we ought to be there. It's the church's commissioning. By position. And thirdly, not only by position and principle, but also by perception. It shows, it demonstrates the church's confidence in the missionary that is coming out of their church. If a church were to, if a missionary were to ever come here and you ask them what their church is, the first question I ever asked a missionary when they called me is who their pastor is. What church they go to, who's their pastor? First thing I want to know. Brother Brian Williams, he messaged me. Yesterday, and he said, "He said, preacher, I just uh, I got your number from Pastor Kirk and all, and I wanted to let you know. I want to see if we could get you, if we could come up there and be with you on September the sixth. I said, "Praise the Lord, that'd be wonderful." He said, "My pastor's brother Ricky Gravely." I said, "Absolutely, come on." By the way, that's his son-in-law. 
But it's just, it's, just, it's just wonderful to know their pastor. And if I could trust their pastor, most of the time I can trust them. I could keep them, give them the pulpit, and they can go. That's where it lays in. Man, and, and if, somebody, if, if somebody come in here and said, I ain't got no church nor pastor, I promise you they ain't get behind this pulpit. I promise you they're not getting behind this pulpit. And I can't think of one that's ever done that. But if they have, I'm sorry. But I'm just telling you the facts, friend. Is that they, they, under that, it's, it's our responsibility, the church's responsibility to confirm that they have been called by God. It's the perception. We've seen your life, right? We've seen your life. And if we couldn't trust you, there's some in this church and there's some that have been in this church that if they'd said they'd been called, I'd be like, no, you have not been called. You say, that's not your job. I, I plead the fifth. No, you have not been called. Because you're not doing anything here. Amen. And you haven't even showed that you're living much of a Christian life. Much less anything else. I've been called. Well, bless the Lord. You're not ready yet. Well, when will I be ready then? I thought I'd be ready next week. No. About 10 years you'll be ready. I'm just saying, I know I didn't wait long. But it was all God. And, and, I, and y'all know. Y'all know the whole story. I got to uh, deal with that. But I'm thankful that God did what he did. And there's been many mistakes and many miles and many trials to get here. But we've got here. It's the glory of God. But I'm just telling you, it's my perception. I'm thankful to have a good pastor now that looks at me, and you know what he does? He tells me I'm wrong, and he tells me I'm right. He does. They know. The church knows the candidate for missionary, the missionary, much better than anybody else. They knows if they've been faithful to church, they know if they haven't been faithful to church. And all I'm just saying is that the same spirit that calls men in the ministry also confirms the call to the church. Do you see how that transaction, I was trying to stop at that earlier, but do you see the transaction there? It literally says in verse 2, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereinto I have called them. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost said, well, who did he say it to? I don't know, he must have confirmed it to both of them. All of them, the church and them all. Because the next verse just says, and when they had fasted and prayed, the church is done. By laying on the, on the hands, the church is publicly authenticating the call of God and declaring the individual spiritual fit for missionary service. They're fit for missionary. By perception. Fourthly, by purpose. There is now a complete bond between the church and their missionary. He is their new representative. Preaching the gospel where the church body cannot go. Paul and Barnabas are the representatives of the church of Antioch. And it comes from the church of Antioch. And Paul took it to Europe. And it come to us. That's why we have the gospel. And it all come from Antioch. Amen.
By the way, where did they first call them Christians? At Antioch. That's why I'm not to be called anything but a Christian. I'm forgetting the word right now for some crazy reason. But some call us this and some call us that. No, I'm a Christian. That's what I am. And I wish I could remember it right now, but I can't. It comes straight from Antioch. We come straight from Antioch because Paul took it from Antioch. And he was a representative of the church of Antioch, the first Baptist church of Antioch down there. That's what he was. Amen. I know they, had, they were a little crazy. They had prophets. But they were first Baptist church of Antioch. And so I just want you to know is that they are the new representatives of the church there. And God did not call the entire church to go, but He chose two here in our text to go out of the church. The Holy Spirit calls the church commissions. Thirdly and lastly, they must be called of God. They must be commissioned of the church. Lastly, verse 4 and 5, they must be carriers of the gospel. Verse 4 and 5, So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. So what were they doing? They were preaching the word of God. They must spend time preparing and working. Look at what it says. Verse 4, so they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. They're moving. And when they were at Seleucia, they preached the word of God. What were they doing? Called for the work whereunto I've called them. Verse 2. They were going for working. They were preparing for something that they were getting ready to do. God calls missionaries to, so that the church can send them away. A missionary literally means a sent one. And so, so he is sent to labor where God sends him. God calls missionaries to be ambassadors for the world. Tooth work. They must spend time preparing, working. They must spend time proclaiming the word. Verse 5. They preached the word. If I were a better alliterator, I would have probably just read it from the text and say preach the word instead of proclaiming the word. But I'm not as good as a literator as some people would be because I would have I would have I should have definitely put preach the word by just seeing it. But they're going to spend some time proclaiming or preaching the word to present the gospel to the lost and persuade them to believe in Christ for salvation. That's what Paul did. So Barnabas did. So they all did. But Paul, Paul surely preached the word and persuaded them. I mean, what, what, what did King Agrippa say? They almost persuaded me. He must have really, really went a long way from that wicked man. You can read the whole chapter. He preached to him the whole chapter. I'm saying that is almost persuaded. They are to do that and they are to instruct new converts in doctrine and in principle and raise them up as babes in Christ. Paul told the church of Corinth, he said, Hey, I could not preach to you uh, as one who, uh, lo- who, who can take the meat, uh, but I had to preach to you uh, as babes in Christ. Uh, I had to preach to you that way. You could, you, I had to give you milk. 
They had to raise them up to become uh, men of God and ladies of God. Uh, and missionaries may labor in the villages of Africa or in England uh, or um, the cities all over Europe. Uh, um, whatever it may be, the, the Amazon jungle. Uh, um, but they all share three good things. Uh, if they're going to do the will of God, they all share three things. It doesn't matter if you're up north, uh, down south, or to the left and to the right. It does not matter where you are. They share three things. One, they were God sent. Two, um, they were commissioned by the church. And three, they are carriers of the gospel. No in between. It's the power of God. That's why I title it this. Power. Of biblical missions. The power of biblical missions. Because it took the power of God to call them. It took the power of the church to send them. Through. under As the, as the under shepherds of Christ. As the bride of Christ. And it takes the power of the gospel. To save sinners. It takes power. And it all comes from God. It all goes back to God. There's no glory to that missionary. There's no glory, glory to this pastor. There's no glory to you church members. There's glory to him. God. It's all about him, friend. They begin as ordinary Christians serving in ordinary churches. And all of a sudden, they become missionaries. You can become one if you're willing and God's calling. But I, my, the best thing, let me, let me give you this last advice. I am done. This last advice to the church. Hear me. Don't expect them to do it if you're not going to do it here. Don't expect them if you're not going to do it here. If you're not going to do your work in the church and you're not going to go in the leadership of the church and send people out of the church, if you're not going to share the gospel, don't expect them to do it either. If there were any pastor, if there were any missionary that ever come through here and they told you they were not sent by God, they were not commissioned by the church, and they were not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, I promise you, you would not give them a penny. Am I right? Somebody say amen. The same ones that give the pennies must be doing the same as we expect them to do. Hey, we're equal. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's equality. It really is. That's when it's coming to missions. It's equality. About turn there, but I've been long enough. The power of biblical missions is it's going to take the God to send you. It's going to take the God of heaven to send you. It's going to take the church that God has ordained to commission you. And it's going to take the gospel. And you're going to have to carry it. It's not the easiest thing to carry this gospel. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it at all. You might go to England. I promise you this. If you go to a third world country like Africa, it's going to be a lot easier most of the time to get the gospel out. They just have different ears. They hear things differently. So you go to Scotland, England, 
They've been reaped with so much religion for so many years. Just like America. And America has fallen in their shoes. Feeling the exact same way. Lord, help us to not only give to gospel, give, the, give to missions, but man, give men to missions. God help us.